welcome. Hop day and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Glad to have you with us today. On this 221st episode of Live Till 5, it's Friday, June 23rd, 3.05 p.m. here in the studio. If you're listening to the live broadcast, we are coming to you today from high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, KHMG. Over 21 years on the air, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, beautiful Christian music and Bible-based programming. And this little show, Live Till 5, is intended to entertain you a little bit, to inform you a little bit, and be a light, refreshing alternative for you on your Friday afternoon. Maybe you're driving around right now, just picked your kids up from your summer school program, or maybe you're running some errands on your way home from a long week of work, maybe you're still sitting at your desk or in your vehicle for work. Glad you're listening. You know, you can listen online through khmg.org. You can listen to our live stream there. You can also download the podcast of this show in its entirety. If you miss the show or part of the show, you can tune in Saturdays, noon to 2, or Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., where we rebroadcast the show in its entirety. Saturdays, noon to 2, 7 to 9 on Sunday nights. Catch us on the rebound for Live Till 5. Again, this is our 221st episode on this Friday, June 23rd. And glad you could be with us today. It's a bright, sunny afternoon. Defying all the weather forecasts that I have heard over the last few days. You know, last three days, basically, if you listen to the forecast and do exactly opposite of what it recommends, you're okay. So Wednesday is supposed to be rainy. It was sunny. Thursday is supposed to be sunny. It was rainy. Today is supposed to be rainy. It was sunny. You know, so pretty much we're batting zero right now uh, in our Guam weather forecast, but that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Weather forecast is just that. It's just a forecast. It's just a, a, a educated guess. But things you don't have to guess about are celebrations and observances for the month of June, including it's National Papaya Month. National Pest Control Month, Pet Preparedness, Rivers, like the bodies of water, Rose, like the flower, and Safety Month, as well as Scleroderma Awareness, Seafood, Smile, Soul Food, Steakhouse, Turkey Lovers Month, Okra Month, Perennial Gardening Month, Pharmacists Declare War on Alcoholism Month. Uh, Let's see, Potty Training Awareness, very important. Uh, professional wellness, and PTSD, to name a few. Also, these weeks, we are getting ready to enter on Sunday the Fish Are Friends Not Food Week. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, fish are food, not friends. It's I kind of celebrate exactly the opposite of that week. That starts on June 25th. This weekend is American Radio Relay League Field Day, whatever that means. Also, this weekend is the America's Cup Finals, June 24th through the 27th. We also have Meet a Mate Week, June 18th through the 24th, wrapping up uh, tomorrow. 
National Lightning Safety Awareness Week, wrapping up tomorrow as well. Uh, Old Time Fiddlers Week wraps up tomorrow. That's kind of cool if you know an old-time fiddler. Or do they, is it a young person playing an old-time fiddle, or is it an old-time person playing a fiddle? Not sure. Universal Father's Week is wrapping up tomorrow. And then Watermelon Seed Spitting Week, to be done only outdoors, preferably June 22nd through the 25th. It's not really a week, but anyway, coming up. Or we're right in the middle of it, actually. And then today, being the 23rd of June, it is Drive Your Corvette to Work Day, International Widows Day, National Eat at a Food Truck Day, Pink Flamingo Day, Runner's Selfie Day. So if you see runners uh, veering into traffic today, taking their own picture, they're celebrating. Take Your Dog to Work Day, and United States Coast Guard Auxiliary Birthday. Tomorrow, the 24th, Great American Backyard Camp Out. National Haskip Berry Day. Do you know what a Haskip Berry is? I had to look this up because I've never heard of a Haskip Berry before, but a Haskip, H-A-S-K-A-P, is the Japanese name for the Lonicera Kirillia. It has also been known as the Blue Honeysuckle, the Honey Berry, or the Edible Honeysuckle, and the Sweet Berry Honeysuckle. Um... When translated into English, it sometimes is spelled Haskip, like H-A-S-C-A-P, or Haskap, H-A-S-K-A-A-P, or Hasukapu, which is H-A-S-U-K-A-P-P-U. Okay, so anyway, Haskip berries, what do they taste like? Well, they're supposedly taste like a cross between a blueberry, a raspberry, and a Saskatoon berry, which doesn't help me very much. You know, the Saskatoon berry is kind of another... We're describing an obscure berry with another obscure berry, people. But anyway, it's National Haskip Berry Day tomorrow. You can celebrate that however you believe uh, right. National Pralines Day. Now, that one, that's a uh, kind of a sugar-coated, caramelized uh, pecan, which is really tasty. 25th, America's Kids Day. Uh, Log Cabin Day, National Catfish Day. How many of you listeners have eaten catfish before? Deep-fried breaded catfish, mm, cornmeal breading. Oh, so tasty with some hush puppies. Uh, I could have some of that right now. National Strawberry Parfait Day. And then uh, the 26th, Beautician's Day, Forgiveness Day. So if your hairdresser messes up your hair, you can celebrate Beautician's Day by forgiving her or him. Beautician's Day and Forgiveness Day. 27th, Decide to be Married Day. Happy Birthday to You Day, Industrial Workers of the World Day, PTSD Awareness Day, Sunglasses Day, National Orange Blossom Day. 28th is uh, Insurance Awareness Day. Uh, Let's see here. Ceviche Day, which is a raw meat dish. Tapioca Day, very tasty. Uh, And Paul Bunyan Day, the 29th, Camera Day, Hug Holiday. National Almond Butter Crunch Day, Bomb Pop Day. You know the uh, red, white, and blue uh, popsicle you can get from the ice cream truck. National Handshake Day and Waffle Iron Day. And then the 30th, Asteroid Day, Leap Second Time Adjustment Day. Hmm. Uh, Meteor Day, National Ice Cream Soda Day. That sounds really good. So a lot happening in this last week of June as we continue on it is 3 12 in the afternoon we're going to take a short break and when we come back we have 
Lawrence Nagengast with this day in history. We also have Sebastian Basildua with the topic of the day. I'll let him explain. And Josh Taylor's going to be up here just joshing around with us, as well as Chris Harper and some of our other regular segments. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Friday, June 23rd, 3.12 p.m. during the live broadcast. Take a short break. Back after this. Back with a little more live till five. Join in studio, Josh Taylor, Sebastian, and Lawrence. Any of you guys know what that song is too? I wasn't listening. It's still on. I didn't have my headphones on. (laughs) Uh, Definitely Zelda. Yes, it is a Zelda song. Definitely Zelda? You definitely knew that was Zelda. Yes. Well, of course. I'm trying to relate. (laughs) I'm building a bridge. Only intellectual. Is it for real? I'm building a bridge. Yeah, Skyward Sword, dude. I was going to say Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say. It's not <laughs> the Ocarina of Time. But oh, it's Ocarina? It's not Ocarina? It's, it's Ocarina, I believe. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Seriously? It's it's Ocarina. Ocarina. Mm-hmm. We need to do the pronunciation game hey, again. Hey, Ocarina. <laughs> no. I never... I, I, that was actually the only Zelda I never beat. Really? It's also the only Zelda I ever played. Okay. So, but, but it worked out together. Yes. Skyward Sword. This is a great little bumper song. I still so. remember riding through the plains on the horse. I know. Oh, that yeah. was going from city to city. That was thinking, one of the greatest games. Why I think there's I a new Zelda work? game coming out, isn't there? There is. It? Already is. It may be out, actually. Uh, it came out, out with yeah. this. It's for it's DS an open or world game. Oh, okay. Or that. Okay. It's for the Switch. The, no, it's for the Switch. Yeah, the Wii Switch. The, oh, for the, the Switch. There we go. The big release game. Yes. I heard they are sold out of Switches. Like, there's a there's a big backlog of yeah. Wii Switches or whatever. I was actually kind of bummed that they they redid the NES system. And I was going to get that, and they stopped producing those as well. Mm-hmm. And so now you can buy them on wow. Amazon Marketplace. The mini or, ones? Yeah, and yeah. for like 400 awesome. bucks. And it's like, hey, you can't, no. No, we're not 60. worth it. Not worth it. They were trying to create yeah. a, you know, a new. Because it had built in, it had market. all the games built in, so yeah. you didn't have to buy any of them. It was like, it's right there. It's great. Well, this discussion's brought to us by the best <laughs> little coffee shop on Guam, offering and an endless Nintendo. variety of coffees, teas. <laughs> Baked goods, music, gifts, including 17 Yankee Candles and Diminishing by the day. I like it a lot, the hub. I go there every day, and uh, let's play a little What's in My Coffee. Now, it's not actually coffee. It's a drink that you can get at the coffee shop. We're all drinking the same drink, and we're all going to try and come up with three things that describe the drink. We're going to start with the, the wordsmith that actually does this for a living, Chris Harper. Station manager and all-around good guy, Chris. Give us three words that describe this drink. Sweet. <laughs> I should have gone first because that you're gonna knock out <laughs> yeah, all the I'm, easy ones. I'm oh, gone. Man, I've died. Semi cold. <laughs> it's not quite ice cold. I think it's been in there a There's bit. There's no ice. There's no ice. Yeah. And um, good. Mm, okay. All right. Good. You took the low-hanging fruit there. Yeah. Lawrence. Um. Boy, that was that was actually going to be mine. Boy, <laughs> boy, 
Can I claim that? <laughs> yeah. I'm claiming that. I've only got two to go. Uh, I'm going uh, sour. Okay. Um, and uh, you, you said sweet. You can do hyphenated right? words as well, if, if, okay. just in case you're wondering. If that's um, holding you back. That. I did that. I said peachy. Mm-hmm. Peachy. Is it peachy? Peachy keen. Peachy keen. Wow. And, um, and uh, wet. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, Great. Man. It's going to get harder <laughs> as right. it goes. Sebastian. It gets to you. I know. You left me I know. no choice. I'm already trying to think of the I have words. to give a scenario to explain it. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. It's as if a bunch of strawberries were put together and then mushed up and then it was put in like some sort of strainer thing where the liquids would fall down into this little capsule. A I think strainer? that, I think that then, strainer thing is called a strainer. Strainer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm thinking more be- beyond that, but never mind. Oh, uh, that. You think in larger scale or what? what beyond you strainer. Yes. And as it's poured into this capsule, uh, five pounds of sugar is also poured in mm-hmm. mixed and then this capsule is then put into a syringe, and the syringe is injected into my chest. Wow. Because it's that strong kick that mm, it gives. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. And, uh, and yes, it's, it's a, a lot more than three words okay. as well. Yes. I'm it's sorry. Okay. You took all it's the okay. other words. It's all right. <laughs> other than right. that and it making no sense, it's uh, it's perfect. <laughs> it ta- it, it, yeah. We know you like it. <laughs> Made more I, sense I get you. from that. So, all right. Now, Josh. Uh, I'm just going to go with my reaction, which was, Wow. And then earlier, boy, and then, hmm. Okay, there you go. All right. Mm. Um, let's see. I'm going to say nice. flesh-colored. It's kind of that flesh-colored. Gross. Makes me I not want to drink it's, that It's uh, non-carbonated, and it is uh, ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. It's ubiquitous? I don't even know that. Could be if I it's, spill it's, it all over the board. I don't know if it's ubiquitous. Well, my, it could my, be ubiquitous. Do they have this in? Uh, it could be know, everywhere because I just filled five cups. I filled five cups could, on the counter with ten thousand dollars worth of electronic equipment, <laughs> and I'm thinking if this spills everywhere, hence ubiquitous, I'll be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Could could you possibly explain what ubiquitous means for the audience that doesn't really know what it means? It's everywhere. It's like literally. It's everywhere in all places. Yes, in all places. I mean, so I thought I'd get into every little crack and crevice here. So, Sebastian, <laughs> do you know not. what flavor it is? Can you reveal this to us? Oh yeah. Uh, Pretty sure she said strawberry calamansi. Okay. It does taste like that. And it's very good. And our listeners can get that at the hub. It's open every morning, 7.30 a.m. till noon. And uh, it's it's summertime hours. We only have a few days left of the hub being open. Then they're going to close for inventory. Oh, I still got a couple of punches I need to use. You need to use them quick. Use those up like- Do those, uh, those carry over to the next school year? Oh, no. next I'm week. sure they do. Absolutely I'm sure. Not. You know. You know people. You have to give them to me. So, okay, now, Sebastian has put in a lot of time you know to get us ready for our topic of the day, which happens to be deep-sea fishing. Oh, yes. And I expanded that it, later on. I'll talk a little bit about fish stories and uh, lying in general. Lying in general. Yes. Oh, right. Well, in and a, lying in, in a specific. boat or not telling the truth? What, not telling the truth. Well, you oh. know, you know, lying, what? being a liar. Tell the truth. <laughs> oh, boy. I um, never tell a lie. <laughs> this is great. All right. It. So, Sebastian, what <laughs> do you got for us? special on Sunday <laughs> if you want to hear the rest of that. Well, uh, we were talking about deep sea fishing, and it reminded me of my time last year when I was in Yap and going out in the ocean on this on this boat. And as I was looking down, you know, you see the reef. 
and then you see the reef slow like just drop off and to darkness you know and i was like you know what i'm going to come up with a little segment here uh i'm gonna go on a little adventure and uh, i'm gonna call it the deep sea odyssey it's not trademarked mm. or anything but i should do something with that name because it sounds awesome but um so the question is what is below and uh going uh if you go out into the ocean from here in Guam, you will run into the Marianas Trench. So I'm going to explain this little this uh, trip. If you were to go down into the Marianas Trench, some of the things you would see. So if you adventure down into the trench, you would find hypothermal vents that are scattered around about a mile down. These are parts of the trench that shoot out water, hot water close to 700 degrees Fahrenheit. Far too warm for a cup of coffee. This is water that does not boil due to the water pressure. Um, and what else would you see? Amoebas. That's right. You could see them with your bare eye. You would normally with need your, a microscope. With your bare eye? Yes. Wait a second. I've never, Go back to the... Burn. I've never heard that term before with Go your back to the eye. part where it said amoebas. Amoebas. Wow. There we go. That's what I needed. <laughs> well, are you because your next phrase was that's right right that's right okay so let's go let's oh. take it from the top there okay what else would you see amoebas seriously that's right you could see them with your bare eye this is not a rehearsal you would normally need a microscope to see them uh the ones in the marianas trench could grow up to four inches whoa what a monstrous concept for a movie death by amoebas if you were to reach the bottom of this reef, you would find this. Are you listening closely? Yes. Uh-huh. There we go. Nothing. James Cameron in 2012 dove to the bottom of the reef. He found nothing exciting on the floor. Isn't that the trench, not the reef? Yes. What? It's we, a trench. It's we not know a what reef. You mean. We know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just making sure. Seriously? Just- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Trench. Sorry about that. It details. was just him alone. Not even anyone to play cards with. How terrifying. The final bit of information I found about this trench was about the fishing. You can't fish. There is no fishing allowed there. It's against the law. It could be because it's considered a national monument. But I like to believe that no fishing is allowed because the fish could explode from unstable pressures. If you reel reel them up and you had a long enough line. And who wants to deal with exploding fish? Not me. This concludes our deep sea odyssey. Seriously? Wow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was just thinking oh, I was just thinking are there uh, are there like people down there making sure you don't fish like what yeah. What is going on there? Which, well, maybe it's I just mean, though. My first thought is which wardens? nation belongs the park? It's a national park. Well, who, that's who gets what it? I was wondering. What nation? Yeah, I don't know either. This it's day international in international waters. Nas- I well, it's it's close enough to Guam, which is claimed territory of the U.S., so it's kind of considered part of wow. the U.S. In my research, in my diligent There are research. a lot of park rangers swimming around yeah. making sure you uh, don't. They're in a bathyscope yeah. or a bathyscope, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever that's Just called. Making sure you don't get any fish Yeah, in what's the yellow little... Bathyscope. Yeah. Is it a bathyscope? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I believe it was an ocarina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's down there too in there. That's what you play when you're bored and yes. all alone. They found an Three ocarina. miles dun, into the water. Dun, dun, dun. No, that's, that's uh, Iron Will. Anyway, um, so you have a quiz for us also? You know what? I do have it. The whistle. I, of I do have a quiz right. for you. If we want to just jump right into this, what is it called? It is called 
fishy trivia. Deep sea. Okay, so <laughs> it, it's fishy. not a, it's not a comprehension quiz because if I, uh, based on what you just read, I'm in trouble. No, we yeah. No, it's, no, it's no, not no. Okay, you should have been paying other. attention. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, good Seriously? to go. Uh, it's. I called it the that's fishy right. trivia because okay. that's the best name I could come up with. Okay, I'm ready. Question number one. We'll go around here. Is, um, this, a, is this a raise your hand? Is this a no, first person I, I'll standing? Just, I'll just go around from left to right, uh, and oh. I'll keep track. All right. So, question number one. I tried to not to use too many numbers because that's just dumb. But approximately, how many known species of fish are there worldwide? A, nine thousand. Uh, I'll just say nine thousand, twenty-seven thousand, fifty-six thousand. Or seventy-two thousand. Is that me? Am I up? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go seventy-two thousand. Seventy-two thousand. Fifty-six thousand. Fifty-six thousand. Fifty-six for me. Fifty-six thousand. Well. Yeah, I'll go with that too. You all are wrong. It's actually twenty-seven thousand. Ah, it's the most diverse group of vertebrates. Uh, and we really but, thought but it they was. Believe clearly, but this is this is uh, known species. There's yeah. uh, thousands are still yet to be discovered. Uh, then there could think. be 56,000. Right, I could, could be, be right. In, yeah. But oh, the years. known species. That's like Schrodinger's cat. We both could be right and wrong. Well, I said known species. Is it dead? Yes. Okay. Question number two. Right. <laughs> what species of fish produces the most eggs? Um, is it the ocean sunfish? I was going to go salmon. A squirrel fish, a red-toothed tiger fish, or salmon? I'm going to go salmon. Salmon. Yeah. Salmon. Salmon. Since that's the only oh, one there I you really go. recognize. Color of the drink. What was the salmon? salmon Can color. you read that list yes, again? Yes, it is the ocean sunfish, the squirrel fish, the red tooth triggerfish. I think I said tigerfish. Yeah, you definitely time. said tiger. Trigger that fish. threw me off. <laughs> Sorry. And salmon. 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 <laughs> I'll go with um, the triggerfish, I guess. I, uh, I'll do uh, the red whatever fish. Red tooth? Uh, red tooth. That's the triggerfish. You're salmon. I'm salmon. Okay. I don't know. What do I know? The correct answer is the ocean sunfish. Well, a single okay. female can produce up to 300 million eggs up in one spot. And if you catch one of these fish, the, the, they can be up Is that to how you catch them like that? Yes. <laughs> your hand. You oh, I got all these eggs all over uh, my hand. Yeah. They can be about 600 bucks if you if you can catch one of them. So One fish? Or the Two eggs? Fish. Some. Yeah, one. Three fish. Red fish. Blue <laughs> Stop fish. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number three. All of you are at zero. So, yeah, we're really doing well This is an informative well quiz. You guys are learning as we go. How many different varieties... Yeah, how many different varieties of goldfish are there? A, twenty. B, fifty. C, one hundred. Or D, two fifty. Good thing there's not fifty-six thousand. Yeah. I was going to go seventy-two thousand three hundred <laughs> million, please. Uh, I'm going to go with letter C simply because I haven't chosen C yet. One hundred. I'm going to go with twenty. Twenty. Two hundred fifty. I'll do 100 as well. 100 is the correct yeah. answer. On the right. board. Congrats. Oh, wow. Measured by color, body shape, finnage, and fantail. Finnage? I guess. I don't wow. know. Uh, they can live finnage. up to 25 finnage? years. When you have multiple Unpacked. fins, it's finnage. Uh, live wow. up to 25 years. It's a great word. Old um, goldfish. Oh, yeah. Now, question number four. What is the fastest fish considered by experts? Um, Cheetah fish. You, you have swordfish? <laughs> Racing shark, mako shark, or sailfish? Oh, it's definitely the sailfish. Yeah. I'm going to go sailfish as well. Mako shark. Yeah, mako shark for me. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Correct answer is sailfish. Hmm. It's hard to exactly measure a wild fish, a sailfish, traveling at 68 miles per hour, whereas average fish struggle to reach 12 miles an hour. 
Well, it's not like you guys are off by a lot. <laughs> the question is, who's faster, Michael Phelps or the shark? Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, I heard about that. No. Michael no. Phelps is going to race, race a shark. But hopefully in a safe environment so he doesn't get, yeah. I don't what? know how they organize that. I mean, Maybe it's a Give the shark, shark a head start. <laughs> Do they put the shark in a, like a... They just divide it, right? Shoot. He stays in his lane. I think, no I, I, I think they're going to chum the water first. <laughs> That's just probably to, true. Just to make sure. That, that won't they're... motivate him at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It motivates both. Give him yeah, a bacon, bacon flavored skin suit and then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number five. What is the most poisonous fish? A, the needlefish. B, ricefish. C, pufferfish. Or D, snailfish. Now, poisonous as in, like, poison you or when you bite into it? I mean, it's full of the most poisonous substances. Oh, puffer fish. Okay. I think puffer fish. The poofer fish? I'm going to go with rice fish just because I've never heard that I was going to go for rice fish as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, the correct. Mix that up with your rice in the morning for... Yeah. The correct answer is pufferfish. Oh, yep. three in a row. Turkey! Most of, this <laughs> most of this fish is composed of a fatally poisonous toxin that could kill an adult in as little as 20 minutes. What's that fish that they have? They surf at Japanese restaurants? That's it. Is yeah. that what this is? Yep. Yep. Oh. And, and, and now that you say that, about 100 diners die each year after eating the pufferfish because it was not prepared correctly. correctly. I yes. thought ordering the squid ink pasta was a risk. <laughs> That's pretty safe. Have you it's had it? Super black. I have. Not really a whole lot of flavor. It makes your teeth look funny. It does. But then now they have that toothpaste or that gel you put on right. your teeth that yep. makes them real black. And yep. then I was going to say, maybe if you order the rice fish after that, it'll clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, clean good. It. Yeah. I've never heard of any of that. Okay. <laughs> Question number six. <laughs> what is the largest species of fish? Largest as in number or size? Largest as in size. The giant gourami. I think mm. that's how you say it. The bluefin tuna, the whale shark, or the blue whale. Oh, I know. Blue whale. The giant gourami, the bluefin tuna, the whale shark, or the blue whale. Whale shark. Whale shark. Whale yeah. shark. Yeah. Blue whale. Well, you all win because it's the whale shark. Did you Lawrence doesn't win. win. I said blue whale. Buzzer went off. Oh. The blue whale is a mammal. It's a mammal. mammal. It's got oh, a four-chambered heart. Oh, you sorry, guys I did didn't well to catch on dun, to that. Dun, 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 Question. Well, the whale shark averages about 45 feet long, and they can weigh up to about 15 tons. All right. And what do you get? Another day older and deeper in death. Now I do see why Devin does his uh, radio <laughs> interviews the same way. He gets it from his father. Last question here. It's all <laughs> biological. <laughs> I asked what the largest species was. You'll never guess what the final question smallest? is. What is the smallest species of fish? A, the dwarf goby fish. B, the stout infant fish. The sea, or sea. The sea. The sea. Sea. Tadpole cod, or D, stargazer. <laughs> See, now that one's a rough one because I don't know how the smallest could start with an adjective that says stout. It just doesn't really doesn't really make. Yeah. So it's like calling a it's ca- like calling a big guy tiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slim. Yeah, slim. What up, slim? Yeah. Uh. 
I'm going to go with, I don't even remember any of the choices anymore other than the stout, so I'm going to go with stout. Stout. Stargazer. Stargazer. I'm going to go with stout, too. I like that one. Stout. Yeah, I'll go with A. <laughs> Dwarf goby fish. What was yep. what was that? The correct answer Dwarf is... Dwarf goby fish. No, sorry. <laughs> I was just announcing what oh. your answer was. <laughs> the correct answer is the stout infant fish. Wow. Boom! Wow. Now, Five in a row! They measure only about... Seven millimeters, about the width the width of a pencil. They they live around Australia's Great Barrier Reef with a lifespan of about two months. Now that's a reef. Yeah, yeah. the Great yeah. Barrier Reef. Yes. So final score. We know Josh won because he kept us all uh, kept saying boom. You know, Anything yeah. is possible. <laughs> the final score. Josh Taylor wins. Nice. <laughs> and score. pretty much that's all. <laughs> well, for those of you playing at home, it was a little chaotic here, but uh, we're having fun. Hoping you're having fun, too, on this Friday afternoon, June 23rd, 3.36 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Live till 5. We have more after this short break. with a little more live till 5. It's 3.39 p.m. on this Friday, June 23rd. Having a swell time with all the the whole squadron. It's not just one wingman. It's literally a whole squadron. Echo Blue checking in. There you go. And speaking of Echo Blue, we're going to have a little joshing around with Josh Taylor right now. It's a newly added segment. Summer is a summer special. It's kind of like the Shamrock Shake. In March at McDonald's, that has Josh lasted. is the Shamrock Shake of Live Till Five. I just got a Shamrock Shake, end of May. It mm-hmm. is glorious. Yes, I'm they're very so good. Glad. Yes, it's you know, or you're the McRib. Uh, yeah, coming off of it's always Monopoly, and then the McRib. Yes. It just doesn't make up for it. No, no, I, I love the McRib. That's good. All I've that never pressed had it. pork. You, what? Never. Do you know what a McRib is? Yeah, I've never had it. It's extra saucy and super tasty. Mm. I had a McRib. They even have it at, cut at in North shapes. <laughs> yeah, ribs. it's pressed into, it looks like it could be ribs. short ribs. They look like real ribs. So, anyway. <laughs> that's, I'm Maybe surprised. For, Next time they have McRibs, $2. I'm going to get you one. Please, thank you. I'm going to get you that's one. That's awesome. With pickles on it. It's really good with pickles. Oh, really? So, Josh. Just joshing around. What's Just our, what's our topic for you know this what? conversation today? I have got options for you. I'm coming with options. And it's middle of, uh, really, I think about it, been on summer vacation now for a month. Seems like that entire time I've been in my bathroom uh, doing that remodeling uh, okay. project. <laughs> Thank you. Doing that Don't remodeling hold us in project. <laughs> <laughs> did I breathe in between there? You did. Was that, was that it? it seems like I've been in the bathroom <laughs> the whole time. Breath. Yes. It's, yeah. I was Continue, and then hey, we drew a bunch of attention. I'm, a, I'm a teacher, and so missing my students, that's been really rough. Uh, but I want to give you guys a couple of choices here. Uh, choice number one is summer projects whether it's household projects that you've had to do home repairs car repairs because those can really ruin a summer or if you want to talk about summer jobs and some of the first summer jobs that you had so i'm going to leave it up here Mm -hmm. to the audience participation caller number 16 
Hello, I would like to uh, ask about your recipe about uh, Finadini. Is this Kermit the Frog? <laughs> <laughs> on the, on the, Who let um, them on? Get them I think <laughs> I think we should talk. Uh, you and I have been house house owners. Chris, have you ever bought a house before and fixed it up? No. Okay. And Lawrence hasn't yet, and Sebastian has. Let's talk summer jobs. Okay, summer jobs. That'll Everyone work. here yeah. has worked some job in the summertime. <laughs> so well, what's my, what's the actual question? The the. Uh, Topic is: I want to know what your your favorite summer job was, and also want to know what the most challenging, aka the summer job that actually made you look forward to going back to school. Mm. So, my first job that I ever had was picking corn. Absolutely hated it, except for the fact that now it was like one of the coolest things ever. Working for a farmer, and now that tells you what hard work is. Yep, and also getting you up out of bed early. Uh, and plus, it was only a job. So you that picked I had it by hand. Picked it by hand. There was a wow. tractor, tractor coming behind us. Oh, at the beginning of each morning, they would give us a number. Say, okay, guys, today your number is seventy-five, and seventy-five meant seventy-five pairs of four. So you'd grab an ear with your right hand, grab an ear with your left hand, grab a second one with your right, second one with your left. Take those four together, and then throw them into the wagon. That was one, and so your number was seventy-five. Uh, and on the when we got to the middle of summer, your number and the corn was uh, more of the corn was ready to go. Your number was right around 200. And so we'd be out there picking corn. Uh, and early in the morning, six o'clock, we get there and do completely covering them. I mean, so you are just walking through. You have to wear long sleeves and pants. Otherwise, it will tear you to shreds walking through the, the cornfields. Uh, but you also would get completely soaked with all of that if you didn't have gloves you go to grab an ear and you grab it wrong, you rip down and just slice your, like that grabbing mm. sore grass. Oh mm. man, just slice and dice you. Uh, and uh, that right there is where I, I learned what, you know, what life was like as a farm, which was pretty cool because my dad grew up on farms, a lot of uncles with that. And he, he did all the baling, hay and all the cool stuff. And I got a chance to be a part of the farm life. And, uh, that really encouraged me to go get an education. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So no wonder you went into teaching as a profession yeah. instead. So Sebastian, what was your worst worst summer job? Um, well, last summer, you know, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> oh, kidding. No. <laughs> he was working here. Uh, actually, uh, worst summer job was uh, no stereotyping, but I worked at a tortilla factory, and uh, really, yeah, that's no, shocking. No, I'm not saying I I don't like the place, but I just that was my first time actually really getting a job and like coming there and being there for eight hours. And um, what it, state were you in? I was in Texas, okay. in San Antonio. Okay. And um, it was called the Del Rio Tortilla Factory. Mm, and I've had Del Rio tortillas. Yep. And uh, yes, you they're get, very good. You're in there early in the morning, and we uh, were shaking out the corn tortillas, which they come out hot, so you got to like get them fast and. Um, and put them in the bags and like tie them up, and you're just your hands are burning at like you know super early in the morning. It's like oh man, I don't like this. Then you got flour tortillas where you're just uh, shaking those out for uh, you know you get you get a stack of them and you and you shake them so they get loosened up and and, and then know, you bag them up and, and then you put them in the so bag so they don't stick together. And yep, don't stick together, and you just do that for like almost seven hours. I just the last I just hour, had some just... Tor- flour tortillas yesterday, and obviously somebody did not shake it very well. Because the first two that I grabbed both ripped, stuck together That's, or ripped. Yes, the like paper quality has just gone down. Yeah, ever since world. she quit. <laughs> yeah. So that was your worst job. Yeah. Did you wear gloves? No. 
Oh, oh. Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. I wore plastic gloves. You know, so okay, germs. Plastic. Off. Yeah, that's yeah. my main question. Right. I don't yeah, care don't about worry. your fingers. I just <laughs> care about the germs. I'm sorry, I thought okay. you cared about all right. My health. No, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, tortilla then, factory. Just your worst, and we'll come back around. We'll get the best right. jobs. So, have you had more than one worst job? Is that what you're getting ready to say? No, no, no. Okay. No, all right. All right. Because I was going to say you've had a tragic life if you've had. Other jobs I mean, that bad. Bailing hay, but oh, I mean that's that is a rough. One. Yeah, that's a rough. Okay. One. Lawrence, what was your worst job? Uh, it was pretty much in work and effort only. Financially, it made up for it, but it was the asbestos abatement. Oh yeah, that I did for three summers. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty much the condition. Uh, there's no air. Uh, you're in a white little hazmat suit, and you have to keep a face mask on, and. Um, yeah, it was just pretty miserable heat-wise. But then the worst is when you're cleaning up, you're on cleaning crew, and everybody in there um, basically chewed tobacco. Oh, boy. I mean, they all yep. they all had it. So then they'd, they'd spit it pretty much everywhere. So then you'd just be picking up trash. Oh. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, that was that That's was the disgusting. worst. Gross. Um, but you said the, the payment made up for it? Oh, yeah. I made, picking corn, I made $3.85 an hour. Not bitter at all. Yeah, I made thirty-seven dollars yeah. an hour. Nice. What? Nice. <laughs> I made ten dollars an hour bailing. Are you kidding me? You yeah. seriously? Michael Saunders yeah. did the same same company, pay, so right? You yeah. Did you have to? Did you have to like take special training for that? Yeah, you had one week of special training. <laughs> Are you? Did you Why paid? did you, did you even get... leave that job? That sounds like a did great get... job. It was. There's people who did it for life, made over sixty k a year. Just. Wow. Working that you're job. complaining about it being hot. Well, and, and you're getting and paid thirty-seven bucks an hour. Three eighty-five, Chuck. So, Chris, what was your worst it. job? The pay made up for it. <laughs> I honestly, you can evaluate this. I I don't know that I've had a job I don't like. If if you want to know the truth, I had. I mean, I worked. I worked doing uh, yard work. I think was the first job we ever had at an apartment complex. My brother and I did that, and that was, it was hot sometimes or whatever. But, and then I worked at a grocery store bagging groceries, which is fantastic. I mean, it's like the greatest <laughs> job ever. If I could have done fantastic. that forever, I would have. <laughs> I loved bagging groceries, man. That, I thought that was grand. Would you have competitions or? No, not really. But like, you just got to know all the people and you bagged the groceries and like. Was that in Alaska? You would carry it out. No, in Washington, oh, Spokane, okay. Washington. You'd carry the groceries out for people and. Little old lady thought you were the nicest kid in tip, town. Did they tip you? Uh, they you have could a tipping? Not. Okay, because yeah, no some tipping. grocery stores are uh, no, no mandatory tipping. no tipping. Man. No, that was mandatory. I mean, yeah. if they caught you with a tip, you were yep. gone. Yeah. So, no, I don't I, – I mean, I can't remember a job that I didn't like. I drove a, I drove a van – for one period of time, I drove a van for a, uh, for a hotel, which was also great. I mean, you get to meet all these people. So, I don't know. I, I can't remember – Having a job that I didn't like. First job, how much did you get paid? Boy, I don't know. I don't really know. I, I remember that we did, we had like a contract with the guy for a certain period of time that we would, I don't I don't remember what it was. My brother knows though, I'm sure. Was it yeah. $37 an hour? And you're no, complaining probably about not. How no, was that wasn't my first. No, that it still my isn't $37 oh, an hour. Why? Uh, so my worst job, uh, many different uh, terrible jobs. One was um, a guy was many. going on a mission trip, 
for two weeks uh, to New Mexico or something. He asked me to take his paper route. We were expecting our second child, so I took every job I could. Had to pay cash for his birth. I didn't have health insurance. So I took the paper route. We'd have to go at 2 a.m., get the papers. We'd get done at 6 a.m., and then I'd go uh, to a pastoral internship at 7.30 a.m. Um, I ended up, you have to pay your helpers and end up losing money uh, on the two weeks of paper route. I actually lost money, and half of my helpers would get car sick uh, because you're doing so much turning and twisting and stuff. I'm driving his old van, had exhaust backing up into it. And the worst day on the worst job ever was the day that they had coast or no, Irish Spring soap inserts in the Sunday paper. So they actually had a little <laughs> pouch that had an Irish Spring soap bar. And so the whole van smelled like exhaust and Irish Spring soap. And all my helpers got nauseous and sick. And I had to pull over and they're all laying in this dude's front yard throwing up. And I still had hundreds of papers to deliver. And so that was my worst job. And what? I actually lost money. So I made negative money. So it was worse than picking corn. Irish Spring was actually one of my favorite soaps. It was for me until that day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't use was it Was it the original? It was the original, yeah. You still remember the commercials? Oh, yes. The mist- with the, and then he would take his... Yeah. <laughs> and then he would, they would take the knife and just cut the bar of soap. That's and just, right. Yes. And like, right. wow, that's yes. a waste of soap. Irish Spring, this is the best. In front of a yeah. waterfall. Yes, and it's usually a Always. red-headed person with very blue eyes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what was your best job, Josh? Okay, best summer job. Was very similar to Chris, delivery. Yeah. I was a delivery guy. Uh, yeah. Worked for Michigan Hardwood Distributors. And we, uh, it was just fun learning how to navigate the streets of Detroit. Uh, basically, they'd say, this is where you're delivering at. Learn how to read a map. And if I didn't, then, uh, yeah, I'd disappear down in the ghettos. I like but, delivery jobs. I do. It gives you a lot of independence, and you're kind of out there on your own. It's yeah. fun. I, now, fun. I would really love it now, now that we got all these podcasts yeah. and things that I could listen to. Oh, yeah. To. That's oh, how I got addicted get, to talk radio so, was through that. So yeah. But, but love, love the delivery job. Uh, it was hard work once you got to the site and unloading all the hard work. Brazilian cherry. Oh. Is like lifting lead, Brazilian cherry. Some of the that was the nice. one thing we were like, man, give me the red oak, give me the red oak, uh, Josh, nope. Brazilian cherry. Ah, what is it? Ah, yeah. uh, sixty-eight pallets of it. Oh uh. boy, <laughs> Sebastian, you okay. ha- ever had a good job uh, besides here, of course? Well, my favorite job was was uh, teaching English in China for uh, a oh. month, and that's part of the reason why I'm out here because I I just it's closer to China, and I, I if I could go back, I would. Um, so yeah, my my favorite thing was just going out there teaching little kids and and um, um, yeah, just exploring uh, the city I was in. So cool. Was what city good. were you in? I was in Kunming. So never never heard of Kunming it. Kunming in the Yunnan province. So, okay, yeah. cool. All right, Lawrence, best job. Um, traveled around to the different lows of Michigan, as in the hardware store, and redid the vanity aisles in third shift. Um, <laughs> what is third shift? It was basically from eight p.m. to ten in the morning. We made eighty five dollars an hour. No, <laughs> yes, no, I, it was the opposite. It was, <laughs> it was ten at night, eight in the morning. Part yeah. ownership. Yeah. Yeah. We worked. We worked four tens. Okay. Um, basically, so those vanity aisles that have the sinks and the toilets and uh, the Shower mirror walls, yep, all yep. that, we'd basically take it all down, reorder it all, and put it back up in the same aisle. Sometimes we moved an aisle over, but often it was just within that. Um, different things would come on display, but all those toilets. The worst part about that job, even though it was a pretty decent job, was, um, you know how the toilets are up there at an angle? Yeah. Putting those, like, put, you have to throw it over your shoulder, 
couple different times either the top lid or the screws weren't down so i threw it over my shoulder and the entire back thing like kept going right to the floor (laughs) so then all of a sudden this part's like falling forward uh but then you've got to hold it up there and have somebody else come and and screw it down it's um you you know that part's not so far you know the 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 toilets there are at an angle yeah i just redid my bathroom and my toilet is nice (laughs) that's a side angle once i finish here i've got to go and install a seat belt on that toilet (laughs) so that that when they get on there anchor point sucker is rocking back and and forth it works your quads okay (laughs) and chris what was your best job (laughs) now you liked all your jobs yeah i don't know i mean uh bagging (laughs) the bagging groceries was pretty great i mean i thought to myself if i could do this just like the rest of my life it would be I great. think about that with certain it jobs I go great, to man. I'm like that life would be pretty simple it's it's the thing is you get to meet all these people and people think you're fantastic because you bag the gro- now that was in the days when they had you know the grocery bagging kid I don't really people don't think look twice people do that now. anymore up yeah. on base they do it at the commissary and it's all on tips 100% so that's all they get paid is yeah. tips I believe my wife, pretty good my wife has a good relationship with uh, several ladies at Payless yeah because you know, mm-hmm. with when she goes through there with uh, the foster children and the wig yeah. and they, they, they know her pretty yeah. well you just knew everybody you know it was yeah. great we said I bag groceries, and this old farmer would come in from out of town and buy a truckload of groceries at a time. So, uh, let's see. I think my the best job I ever had. Uh, you know, I've had very, very many. Um, I think I, I framed houses a couple of months before I moved to Guam in two thousand two, and that was the best job in that it was the least stressful. You carry lumber, you frame walls. All the guys I worked with, about half of them were in the seminary I was at. So we'd sit around and talk about, you know, God's word. It, we'd build a little fire. We'd cook out. So you, you weren't the contractor. No, I was. I don't think there is I was such a thing. Grunt, as a- second class. I worked my way up to grunt first class. So I knew just enough how to frame basic walls, cut, carry. We do contests carrying studs and things like that. So, but that was my favorite until it came time to pay the bills. Then it's my least favorite because, <laughs> you know, it's it's the less stressful jobs. Uh, pay less also. Yeah. The more stressful jobs seem to pay better. So it was uh, it was great in the fact that I didn't have a lot of pressure on me. It was not so great in the fact that uh, we were pretty broke. So so you weren't making 37 bucks an hour? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I still haven't made $37 an hour Should to my never knowledge. never gave that number. Yeah, you, yeah, you pretty much not, set him mistake. up for bitterness That's there. So I, it was it paid Spoiler for alert. college <laughs> and a wedding ring and yeah. so many good things wow. in life. Yeah, I was doing the same thing, making three eighty five an hour. <laughs> Plus, you, you know, 12, all, that, all right? that money will pay for his uh, if he ha- gets black lung from dealing with asbestos yeah. later on and has mesothelioma. <laughs> no, that's actually a five hundred thousand dollars settlement. <laughs> have you seen those mesothelioma sure. commercials for people? Oh, yeah. Have you worked with asbestos abatement? Do you have mesothelioma? No, but I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty-seven dollars is going to do you any good. For Thirty-seven bucks going through college, I would have worked asbestos abatement without the suit. Yeah, yeah, you'd be living in a bubble the rest of your I life. Got like five bucks at the tortilla factory now. <laughs> so five bucks would have been great. Would have yeah. loved it. Not that it. far yeah. from three. Oh boy. Well, hey, um, we have about three minutes till the top of the hour. So it, be- before we end this hour and all this. Uh, thrilling conversation that our listeners are probably like i love this topic um what are you guys doing this weekend chris what's you doing this weekend uh well we have a we actually have a, a skype call with um folks in our family that are all at a family reunion 
So they're having fun at the family reunion in Waterloo, Iowa, and they're Skype calling us because obviously we can't be there. So that's that's actually the first your thing that's happening. Par- your parents' side or your wife's family? My wife's side? family. Yeah. I've gotten I've gotten some of those family reunions in the mail and I just laugh. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if they sent you tickets with it, it would yeah. be they <laughs> they have never done that. <laughs> Lawrence, what are you doing this weekend? Oh well my family comes in next week, so there's about two, three little projects and some cleaning that I need to do yeah. this weekend to make sure that the house is ready. Yep, but the honeydew list yeah, awaits. I actually <laughs> got a bunch of it done already, so we're, we're getting good. there. That's good. All right. Sebastian, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, probably just uh, hanging out with friends, and I think we're going to watch Star Wars. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. All right. Pretty okay. Simple. All right. And Josh, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, you're working on your bathroom? The goal is to finish it up. I've got to figure out how to get my toilet from rocking back and forth, <laughs> and then I've also just got to uh, install the shower enclosure, and once that is done, then I will have knocked out this project in slightly under an entire month. Huh. Oh boy, oh man! Um, five for, by five bathroom, and it's wow, taking me wow, a month. Wow! <laughs> well, you've been talking about it for even longer than that. Right? At least he's been you making did, thirty-seven bucks an hour. Yeah. You, you <laughs> do one bathroom, <laughs> one bathroom every summer, right? Uh, so. each holiday. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There Working you go. I'm right. running out of bathrooms, so glory, hallelujah. Yeah. It's time well, to start over in the first one. That's yeah, we, yeah it's you outdated know, already. <laughs> uh, we are hanging out with uh, my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, and our little nephew that we just met for the first time this week. Last time my sister-in-law was here, she was great with child, and now uh, she's not. She has a great child. So we're going to be hanging out with them this weekend, kind of doing some stuff here on island. It is not their first time to island, so we don't have to do every little, uh, you know, all this, all, the tourist stars, thing. all the tourist yeah, thing. The, the word just didn't things. come out. I wanted to say souvenir, but every little tourist thing because they've been here before, which is kind of nice. So we're going to just have a fun old time this weekend. And uh, I also have to prepare. I'm preaching on Sunday. So I need to uh, get get that finalized and get my PowerPoint to the PowerPoint. Yeah, guy, that, so. that would be helpful. <laughs> so it is 3.59 p.m. on Friday, June 23rd. This is live till 5. We're going to take a break for the news. And we'll be back with a little This Day in History and all the fellas here. So stick around, listeners, for more Live Till 5 after the top of the hour. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News. back with a little more live till five it's the second hour of live till five on this friday june 23rd 404 p.m during the live show if you're listening to the broadcast on friday afternoon it's 404 p.m maybe you're catching us on the rebound noon to two on saturday 7 to 9 p.m sunday night you can also download the podcast through khmg.org as well as many other great podcasts that we produce here locally a lot of our Locally produced radio programs are available through, for download through our website, khmg.org. Also, let us know you're listening through our Facebook page. Harvest Family Radio Guam is on Facebook, and we love to hear from you. It's one way that we know that people are out there listening, and it gives us a chance to interact with you. You can leave us a personal message and let us know what you think, if there's any ideas, 
that you have for the show or for our radio station or you want to make a nice comment, something that you heard that really spoke to you, we'd love to hear back from our listeners. That, that information is very valuable to us. And we are broadcasting all around the world, not just here on Guam, but we're broadcasting into Asia through partnership with Trans World Radio, our, our uh, Heart of Harvest Asia broadcast. And then we also, of course, are online through khmg.org. Our live stream is available, as well as all those podcasts I mentioned earlier. So engage with us. Let us know that uh, you're listening. We'd love to hear back from you. Now, I've been on the air over 21 years years 24 hours a day seven days a week broadcasting beautiful christian music and bible-based programming here on guam and uh we're going to continue to do so as long as the lord allows us to this show on friday afternoons we've been on the air for 221 episodes and this is a a lighter refreshing hopefully refreshing hopefully entertaining and funny hopefully a encouraging time for you to just tune in nice alternative on a friday afternoon as you're possibly driving home or running errands or finishing up your work schedule over the weekend as you're heading home from church or you're on your way to the store you can catch a little bit of the show so with that being said one of our regular segments regular contributor lawrence nangas no stranger to live till five and his voice the golden pipes he's the shadow stevens of 2017 he's got that (laughs) that deep uh, manly voice, and uh, he is our professor of history, and he's going to bring us this day in history. Lawrence, what happened on June 23rd in history? Well, we can start within 1983. My uh, my mother and father got married. Whoa. So there's that. That's pretty sweet. That's very important. Yeah, maybe it was 84. I'm, I'm a little rusty on the year, but today's their anniversary. Okay. Um, so happy anniversary to them. Mine's on Monday, so I need to do... Um, a bit of, well, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but, um, mine's Monday. Yeah. So yeah. Work on that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're, we're at seven now. So, uh, so we're at, we're at the doldrum of, of it's not one or two, but it's not like 15, you know, it's seven. It's just, I don't know. You know what it is? It is interesting though. Seven is mentioned in a lot of statistics of of kind of the breaking point or making point of marriages. I'm not saying that's I hope you make anything. it. To I too. I appreciate it. <laughs> I would hate, uh, you hate know, for that to end weekend tragically. vigil. <laughs> but uh, but I hear it in a lot of things. You know, se- first seven years of marriage, all this and that. Yep, so yep. Uh, no, it has been great. I expect a great weekend. Look forward to my parents being out here actually with us next week. But Excellent. Now we'll go back to what I uh, earlier was going to talk about. Now back to the bad news. <laughs> yeah, I should have ended with that, actually. I know, that would have been it was very a perfect positive. setup. Yeah, we started positive. We'll see where we end up. Uh, marriage contract for Charles II, speaking of marriage, of England and Catherine of Portugal. Very interesting situation here is England was definitely away from the Catholic scene now. Uh, they had Henry VIII did that. They, of course, had uh, Mary I who brought that back. But she has since been dead. You've even had James I in the kingship. But before Charles II, you had his dad, Charles I, who's the one that got in the altercation with Oliver Cromwell. And the two of them went at it. And then the people are like, well, what do we do? Do we have this guy, Oliver Cromwell, just become our king and we start him as a family line? Uh, No, of course not. Let's go back to Charles I's uh, kids. And these guys were older. They were like in their 50s, 60s. Charles II was Catholic, but he was old, no kids even. So they weren't real worried about him until he got 
married. I, I like how you called the Oliver Cromwell thing an altercation. Yeah, it was like, quite the altercation. That was a fender bender, and yeah. they sort of got in a pushing no, match. It yeah. was a big old war, actually. <laughs> left, a, left a little ding on the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a, it was a yeah, mild altercation. Uh, <laughs> but then this guy got married and had a kid, and pretty much what this led to, uh, the reason I mentioned all this is the Glorious Revolution, uh, bringing William and Mary over. Though they weren't English, they were not Catholic. That was the key there. And this will then lead to now they'll allow anybody, English or not, be the monarch or uh, king or queen of England. Uh, so very interesting times in England, all stemming from religion, uh, which a lot of these things throughout history have. And... Um, but that's one. Here's another one. 1683, William Penn signs friendship treaty with Lenny Lenape Indians in Pennsylvania. Only treaty not sworn to nor broken. Very interesting. William Penn, do you know what Pennsylvania stands for? Yes. But do you? Yes. <laughs> Uh, I do. <laughs> Penn's Forest or Penn's yeah, Woods. Sylvania is is a uh, yeah. I go goes back to I think the Latin having to do with uh, the woods or the forest. Yes, like Transylvania. It's, it's or very like correct. The woods that cro- crossing through the woods or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Penn's Sylvania or Penn's Wood is the name literally of the of the state. Uh, Seventeen ninety four Russian exp- uh, Express Empress. Catherine the Second or Catherine the Great grants Jews permission to settle in Kiev. Um, this is one of the times here you you could look in the next three hundred years between now and uh, back then and see the different times Jews were given permission and then not too many years later blamed for an I- issue and then they were kicked out and then blamed for an issue and then kicked out. Uh, this is one of those. They'll actually be here for about a uh, hundred years or plus, and then World War One. Uh, Russians are going to blame the Jews for, um, you know, why they're why they're getting, um, you know, their issues. So they sent them over to Germany, and then we know what happened there. Uh, 1888, Frederick Douglass is first African American nominated for U.S. president. In in my years of study of U.S. history, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was nominated, but Frederick Douglass uh, was an abolitionist, uh, very outspoken. Uh, and 1888 was a good time to be that. It was 20 years after the war. And um, moving on, 1898, Emilio Aguinaldo, uh, most Filipinos know in their history, this man, uh, issues a decree for replacing his dictatorial government with a revolutionary government with himself as president. Uh, he was the one guy that stood up to uh, Roosevelt when he said, let, let us come in and help you rebuild. This is the same time they came into Guam, the Spanish-American War, and he said no. Uh, we're going to do it our own way. And um, and honestly, they struggled for a long time. And um, I don't know if it had been necessarily tons better had the United States stayed in, but it was a, it was a struggle there for them as they, as they went through their first years, uh, first few decades of independence since the Spanish uh, left uh, the Philippines. Um, 1935, UK Foreign Secretary Anthony Eden offers Benito Mussolini a Somalian harbor. Um, very interesting little tidbits of information there, and a British um, um, foreign secretary offering anything to would be the enemy in a few a uh, few short years, about four. Um, but Mussolini was kind of already headed uh, towards Africa and things down there big time by that point. Um, Nineteen forty-seven, U.S. President Truman vetoes of the Taft-Hartley Act, overridden by Congress. Um, Walt Disney. 1955, Walt Disney's Lady and the Tramp is released today. 
uh, the the movie about the uh, little dogs, um, Lady and I guess his name the is Tramp. Tramp. Yeah, there you go. Um, 1963, U.S. President John F. Kennedy tours Western Europe. I think it's one of the last times uh, he travels before he comes back. And in, uh, in November of this year uh, of 63, he would uh, end up losing his life. Um, in the last few things here, we always try on this show, Reese, as of late, I guess, to end on a positive note. Um, so let me For go clarification, your anniversary is on Monday. Mm-hmm. You did maybe unintentionally say it's the doldrums seven year anniversary i think you're referring to the fact that it's not like a silver anniversary or a gold anniversary not that your anniversary is i'm excited about my anniversary you're thrilled about your anniversary it's like the best things ever happened to you i mean you know (laughs) even a 37 dollar an hour job is nothing (laughs) compared even resetting toilets at night is like nothing compared to finding the love of your life and and Uh. even though as 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 we talked about your Shadow Stevens-like voice and um, your wife might or might not have texted me that you sound like Darth Vader, I know she's probably looking forward to that seven-year anniversary as well. I have no idea what... what um, yeah, I think so. I, I think... I, I yeah. hope so. <laughs> wow. The United Kingdom votes to leave the European Union in their Brexit referendum. Oh, there you that go. That was this day in history Perfect. a year ago. And uh, storms and widespread flooding in West Virginia... Um, there you go again, going was, all negative. Was honestly. negative. <laughs> wow, it's just hard to find good news sometimes. Sometimes I, mean, I should have left off with the anniversaries, except for not my own. Yeah. I am very excited about my anniversary. I was just referring to more of the number yes, it, seven sure. is just sort of you know, yeah, hey, just kind of hanging out there. You beat the national average. Already. Yeah, you're right. That's I mean, also the other point. Headed on for seventy-seven, Lord sure. willing. So that'd seventy be great. seven times seven. Seven times seventy. You yep. know, that's and that's also how many times she needs to forgive you for, right. for things. So. She's not listening, thankfully. <laughs> oh, otherwise, I don't know she'd have about te- that. Otherwise, she'd have texted. Okay. Oh, All right. Well, hey, Lawrence, have a great weekend. Yeah, of course. And, Thank uh, you, Jared. Look forward to having your folks here next week as well. And listeners, stick around. We're going to have a little more live till five after this short break. with a little more live till 5. It's 4.19 p.m. on this Friday, June 23rd. Glad to have you with us here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barracuda, Guam. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. You can find us online at khmg.org. You can find us on Facebook at Harvest Family Radio, Guam. Or you can just find us on the radio dial at 88.1 FM. Right here in Guam. Beautiful stereo signal. 21 years on the air. This show's been on for 221 episodes. It is Friday the 23rd of June, 4.20 p.m. If you're listening to the live broadcast. You can always catch the show on the rebound noon to 2 on Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights. When we rebroadcast all two hours of the show in its entirety, for those that only catch little bits of the show or want to listen again. Now, one of our regular segments is called Stranger Than Fiction because from the very 
first episode, I realize that I come across these funny stories every week. Sometimes they just kind of are funny in the way they're written. Sometimes it's a funny topic. Sometimes the title just catches you off guard. And uh, so I come across these. Now people are sending them to me all the time. Here's here's uh, one such story that is, it is the truth, but it's, as oftentimes happens, stranger than fiction. Just the title of this Reuters article is interesting. Pakistan arrests man for driving pet lion through Karachi streets. Written by Syed Saeed in Islamabad. Police in Pakistan have arrested a man who took his pet lion for a nighttime drive through the streets of the bustling southern port city of Karachi after a video of the incident went viral on social media, police said on Thursday. Keeping wild cats as pets is not uncommon in Pakistan, where wealthy businessmen have been known to operate private zoos, sometimes parade the animals for the public. The brief clip shows a docile lion lounging in the back of a pickup truck, restrained by a leash and collar. As curious onlookers walk past the city of about 20 million people. Businessman Saklain Javed was arrested on Wednesday, but later freed on bail. The man was driving around with his own lion near a local market, and it was a matter of endangering public and public life and property, said senior police superintendent. Javed has a license to run a personal zoo and raise lion cubs, Hyder added, but it is not allowed to he is not allowed to transport the animal on city streets. The lion has been returned to its home. As police consult the wildlife department on further action, Javed was not immediately available for comment. Police said he claimed to be taking the animal home after a visit to the vet. We have a security detail monitoring the property to make sure the lion is not removed. In 2015, a pet lioness gave birth to five cubs in the central city of Moulton, media said at the time. So, interesting. Pakistan arrests man for driving pet lion through Karachi streets. Very interesting. How about this one? Another Reuters article. Chase that cheese. English soldier rolls away with top prize. I see what they did there. Competitors risk injury and ridicule as they flung themselves down a steep incline after a nine-pound wheel of cheese in the English uh, county of Gloucester. The Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling Challenge, which dates back to 1826, sees chasers slip and slide down the muddy 200-yard or 180-meter track in pursuit of a large wheel of double Gloucester cheese which can reach speeds of up to 70 miles per hour. Thousands of spectators lined up around the hill in Brockworth on a rainy Monday to enjoy the chaotic spectacle, which always results in numerous bumps, bruises, and concussions. Local soldier Chris Anderson, 29, won the men's race at the eight, and the 18-year-old Kiwi Morgan took the women's title, both to come a large cheese as trophy. The wet weather has made it particularly tough, Anderson said, a multiple-time winner of the event. So, um, yeah, they chase cheese down the hill. Big rolling wheel of cheese. Very interesting. How about this here? A warning sign. This is from Dispatch's Quick Takes from World Magazine, and it is the June 10th edition. Joseph Kowalczyk has a surprise for the vermin who keeps stealing his campaign yard signs, a human-sized rat trap. The candidate 
for a township supervisor position in the Norwegian Township, Pennsylvania, says his frustration with vandals in the early in early May forced him to design a new yard sign as part of a 250-pound spring trap. The trap is not actually functional, but don't tell that to the sign thieves. Yeah, it's meant to be a little funny, Kowalczyk told KPXI. It's meant to prove a point that we're actually fed up with it. Hmm, interesting. Here's another one. It started with a phone call. Seattle dad Jeffrey Liu had heard that some families in his third grade son's elementary school owed money through the school lunch program. According to school district policy, Seattle students in eighth grade or below without money in their school lunch accounts may get meals for three days before the district disables their accounts and bills parents. The entire school debt was about $97 and some change, Lou told KIRO. Why not just tackle the entire Seattle Public School District? So Lou began an online fundraiser on May 9th and began sharing the idea on social media. By May 13th, Lou and donators from around the world had given enough to cancel the entire $20,531.79 lunch debt owed by students to the Seattle school. So he basically paid off the back lunch debt that uh, many students had acquired or accrued all over Seattle. Interesting. Now, before I do any more Stranger Than Fiction, I have been joined by Chris Harper, all-around good guy and station manager of KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, and he has the news for us. All right. Well, we want to take a look at some things that have been on the top of the hour SRN newscast. And one of them that you've probably heard about is the U.S. Senate leadership and their unveiling Thursday of draft legislation to replace Obamacare, proposing to kill a tax on the wealthy that pays for it and reduce aid to poor to cut costs. Now, that is a slanted uh, sentence, if I've ever heard one. Um, so I can't confirm or deny that that actually is taking place. But this uh, news from Reuters, from srnnews.com, so to quote the source for you. I didn't notice that my first read-through, but uh, the draft's bill's fate was immediately thrown into question, however, by a statement from Senator Rand Paul and three other conservative Republicans, um, Ted Cruz among them, who said they were not ready to vote for this legislation. Democrats need the support of only three Republicans to basically end the measure in the Republican-led chamber. The emergence of four Senate skeptics underscored the difficulty Republicans are facing for steering the legislation down a narrow path to passage. Democrats already deeply oppose Republican attempts to overhaul former Barack, uh, former President Barack Obama's signature health care law. Uh, President Former President Obama was on Guam today, by the way. Just uh, Really? Yes, he just a uh, quick stopover wow. from what I, I read from the PDN. Uh, the 142-page proposal worked out in secret by the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell with some Republican leaders was welcomed by President Trump. Despite celebrating its passage at the time, the president later privately bashed as mean the version approved last month in the Republican-led House of Representatives. So it doesn't look like they've come to any sort of agreement on the new health care bill at this point. Something we mention quite often, North Korea and some of the testing that goes on. They carried out another test of a rocket engine. 
the United States believes could be part of its program to develop an intercontinental ballistic missile. The United States assessed that test, the latest in a series of engine and missile tests this year. It could be for the smallest stage of an ICBM rocket engine. A second U.S. official confirmed the test but then did not provide additional details on the type of rocket component that was being tested by North Korea and whether or not it actually was part of this ICBM program. little business news and something of note to people on Guam who are enrolled in Amazon Prime. We're enrolled in Amazon Prime. Most people that I know are uh, get the more inexpensive shipping that way. Amazon.com is looking to charge advertisers $2.8 million for packages that include 30-second spots during the Thursday night NFL football games that it will be streaming live this year for Amazon Prime customers. Two people familiar with the matter had uh, reported this to Reuters. The offering will be closely watched by the advertising and broadcasting industries as the world's largest online retailer and cloud computing company makes its first high-profile push into live sports. Now, Amazon is paying $50 million to the NFL to stream this season's 10 Thursday night games. The games will be shown simultaneously on either CBS or NBC, which are broadcasting five games each. And one other note, you may have heard this on SRN News at the top of the hour. It's kind of an interesting one. The 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation will be celebrated in October, and the German city of Wittenberg is reaping some economic benefits from this. Local merchants say Luther-themed merchandise is flying off the shelves. Anything bearing an image of the famous reformer even pasta that's called Luther noodles is being sold. At least one proprietor admitted to a German website that the local, uh, it's called the local, that Luther himself would probably not be happy with the sales blitz, but they forged yeah, ahead. Yeah, wasn't one of his uh, problems with the church that they were selling indulgences. Now they're basically selling things with Luther's stamp on it. It was one of his main concerns was yeah. the indulgences. It kind of it kind of put him over the edge, Right. Um, the indulgences. Um, so wow. if people are listening in the afternoon or in the late evening uh, to Stories of Great Christians, we just recently, I'm not sure if we've concluded or we're near the end of a series on Luther. Hmm. And so... Um, I think I think we just ended. I think we're into Johann Sebastian Bach now, but um, but yeah, stories of great Christians. Uh, Four fifteen in the afternoon, nine forty-five in the late evening. But I don't know if people have heard that. But that's where I learned that little tidbit on the indulgences. There you just, go. That's that's why I'm mentioning that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, sure. That's, that's sure. That's where I get all. You're my expert on on reformed history. Yes, that's not, great. Not really, but so interesting. Well, Chris, thanks a lot, and uh, hope you have a good weekend uh, with the family. Too bad the pool is drained over there. I know your kids probably are missing uh, swimming out swimming this summer. Yeah, not they haven't been over there working on it either. So yeah, I know they're waiting for the plaster to come in. Just for the for record, the plaster. So hopefully it'll come in soon, so your kids can get Sounds in good. the water before the summer's over. Listeners, stick around a little more live till five. I'm gonna take a short break. When I come back, I have some idioms for you. I have the topic of the day, which has to do with deep sea fishing, fishing stories. 
And why do people lie? What happens when you lie? What kind of lies are there out there? So a little, little interesting discussion ahead. So stick around more live till five after this short break. back with a little more live till five i'm your host jared baldwin here in the khmg studios all by my lonesome to wrap up this last 24 minutes it's 4 36 p.m on friday june 23rd 221st episode let me read a few idioms for you this is a segment we've been doing for a while it's a book it was provided to me dictionary of idioms a scholastic book by marvin turban this book was given to me by PC, a faithful listener, when she's on island. I think she's off island right now. An educator and an idiom aficionado herself. Idioms are very interesting figures of speech because we have a lot of people that learn English later in life here on Guam. It's not necessarily the language they learn when they're babies. Even people that grow up speaking English don't always know the meaning or the origin of some of these idioms. So let me let me share a few of these with you here. Shoot from the hip means to speak or act without first thinking about the consequences like the olden days. Western gunfighters quicker to shoot a revolver from the side of your hip as soon as you pull it out as opposed to aiming. Just means to act quickly. Show your true colors. Reveal what you're really like. For centuries, ships have flown colorful flags to identify themselves. Sometimes a ship could fool an enemy by flying a false flag that looked friendly. That was called sailing under false colors. Then if the deceitful ship showed its true colors, it hoisted its real flags and showed the enemy who it really was. In the same way, people who show their true colors today are exposing their real traits, qualities, and character. Sick as a dog. You ever hear this phrase? I've, I've said this many times. I'm as sick as a dog. Popular simile dates back to the 1500s or even earlier. Dogs are among the most popular animals in the world of idioms. For example, it's a dog's life, going to the dogs, in the doghouse, let sleeping dogs lie, raining cats and dogs, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, and so on. Since a dog is a common household pet and often eats things it shouldn't and gets sick, it's a natural choice for a sitium. It just means to be very sick, suffering miserably with an ailment. That's sick as a dog. Sight for sore eyes. Well, aren't you a sight for sore eyes? 1700s, an imaginative writer wrote that a welcome sight could figuratively cure sore eyes. What made the eyes sore? Some painful, worrisome, or distressing situation, most likely. Today, if you're in some kind of trouble, an interview comes someone or something that can help, that's a sight for sore eyes. Sing for your supper. I've heard a few people say this. I don't know if I've ever said it. Starting in medieval times, it was common for a wandering, hungry minstrel to arrive at an English tavern, often to sing poetry in exchange for a meal. By the early 1600s, sing for your supper meant doing a favor of some kind of work or some kind of work to earn something you needed or desired. Sink or swim. If you fail at learning to swim, you'll sink, of course. If you succeed, you'll swim. A related idiom for managing to succeed is keep your head above water. 
It means to fail or succeed by one's own efforts without anyone's help or interference. That means to sink or swim. Uh, Chaucer, by the way, the English poet, used the phrase float or sink in the 1300s. A sitting duck. A duck hunter knows that if a duck is sitting still, it's a much easier target than a duck in flight. By the first half of the 20th century, the phrase sitting duck was transferred to any person who was an easy mark for someone who wanted to cheat or do him or her harm. means someone or something likely to be attacked. A sitting duck. Sitting pretty. Another sitting Idiom, American colloquialism, comes from the early 1900s. Sitting, a very comfortable position, and pretty, adjective, suggesting beauty or favor. To the person who made up this phrase, sitting pretty must have suggested an easy, favorable position, to be in a lucky, superior, or advantageous position. Six in one hand and half a dozen in the other or six in one and half a dozen in the other. Charles Dickens, English novelist, used the phrase in one of his books in 1852, but has been known since the early 1800s. Six equals half a dozen, no matter which way you say it. So we can use this expression to refer to two things that offer no real choice because there's no real difference between them. Six of one and half a dozen of the other. Skate on thin ice. Sometimes foolish people skate on thin ice just for the thrill of it. They think if they skate really fast, the ice might not crack. We use this expression to refer to any risky situation you might get yourself into. You could be in danger of suffering serious consequences if you're skating on thin ice. Three more. Skeleton in your closet. Nobody today really knows where this expression came from, although many 19th century British writers used it in their books. There's a story about a man who killed his rival and hid the body in his closet to keep the secret from his neighbors. Eventually, they found that he had a skeleton in the closet. It's a shameful or shocking secret that people try to keep hidden. Sky's the limit. The idea of the sky being the limit goes back to at least the 1600s. Even the people saw no limit to the sky. The exact wording of this idiom in English is from the 1900s. It might have been used in gambling to indicate that there was no limit to the size of bets someone could make. Today, you can apply the description to many other situations in life. No limit to what you can spend or how far you can go or what you can achieve. The sky's the limit. And finally, this is a good one. Sleep on it. For thousands of years, people have wanted to have extra time or make up their minds about issues. To make up their minds about issues in the early 1500s, someone decided to call this process sleeping on it. And the expression has been popular ever since. It means to put off making a decision until at least the next day so you can think about it overnight. And that is our group of idioms. I hope that helps you. I know some of you, these these things are one of your favorite segments of the show because it's very informative and a little bit of fun, a little bit of lightheartedness. And so I uh, hope you really like that. So let's take a short break again. And when we come back, I want to talk about the topic of the day, fishing, fish stories, and lies. What kind of lies are out there? Stick around more live till five after this short break. with me, Lord, God, walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. Take my hand, Lord. 
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's 4.46 p.m. on this Friday, June 23rd. Thanks for staying with us. Been doing this for 221 episodes. Most of those podcasts are available on khmg.org. I encourage you to go there, download the podcast. You can listen to the show at your leisure. I know it's lightweight and it's fun and it's not super serious or deep, but uh, we do want to give you something entertaining and enjoyable to listen to, and we hope that you do indeed listen. So I know Chris Harper today was talking about being fishers of men earlier on Take Note, and so fishing, deep sea fishing, and lying about fishing, uh, aka fish stories, are the topic of the day. Sebastian already did a great job with that, but here are some of the most popular fishing lies ever told by anglers from the website Salt Strong. For example, uh, let's see here. William Sherwood Fox said this, Of all liars among mankind, the fisherman is the most trustworthy. <laughs> most trustworthy liar. So um, uh, there's, a, there's a picture here of a fishing uh, tape measure, and it goes from 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 20, all in uh, one little ruler there. But number one, lying about how big the fish was is one of the most common fishermen's Liars. Now, with the camera phone available, sometimes you can ask them to verify. But uh, sometimes the the person lying about the size of their fish is just you know crazy. You know, people can make the fish look bigger by holding it closer to the camera, it makes it look like a real lunker. If you hold the fish way out there, so uh, let's see too. Lying about how many fish that were caught. You know, that's that's one of those things hard to verify sometimes. So you need to kind of see photographic evidence. Lying about hooking into a big fish when you really hook the bottom of the lake. Have you ever done that before? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's happened many times. I've been with fishermen many times. Lying about your line breaking due to monster fish after you realize uh, you're not slipped. Yeah. Uh, not telling the real reason for missing work. People lie to their bosses when they're out fishing sometimes. That's unfortunate because if they find out, you know, your sins will find you out. Promising not to buy any more fishing gear is a lie that fishermen tell. Lying about the number of hours you said you'd be out fishing. This has happened to me before. And I know many fishermen here on Guam, uh, they tell their their wives, their kids, their coworkers, their boss, hey, I'm only going out for a couple hours. And then they're gone all day. Not telling the truth about your fishing spots. This is a common thing. People don't like to tell people where they fish, just in case that's where they're catching the good ones. Uh, let's see here. Telling someone, this is my last cast. For those of you that fish with a rod and reel, you know that uh, casting just one more time, you're just hoping to catch that one last fish. Like maybe that big, big fish has been just kind of patrolling. And now if you just throw it out there one more time, you might catch them. And then that becomes just over and over and over again. Those are the most common lies that people tell. Now, as far as real giant fish. Let me read you some of the biggest fish out there. Some of these are freshwater, some are saltwater. Back where I'm from, we have these gar fish. It looks almost like an alligator. It's called the alligator gar, 279 pounds. That's the largest gar ever caught, alligator gar. Atlantic salmon, 79 pounds, two ounces, caught in Norway. A barramundi, caught in Queensland, Australia, 63, no. Yeah, 63 pounds and two ounces. The crappie, 
which is very popular in the Midwest United States. Four pounds, eight ounces. That is a big crappie. Bluegill, four pounds, 12 ounces, even bigger in Ketona Lake, Alabama. A brown trout, 40 pounds, four ounces in the Little Red River in Arkansas. That is huge for a trout. The carp, 75 pounds, 11 ounces, caught in France. Channel cat, this is very popular back where I'm from, the channel cat, 58 pounds. A Chinook salmon, 97 pounds, 4 ounces, caught in the Kenai River, uh, Alaska. Let's see. Goldfish. You wouldn't think of goldfish. Like, you know, they're just little cute little fish. 6 pounds, 10 ounces, caught in Lake Hodges, California. The Greenland shark, which I just saw a little documentary about these. They're kind of hard to catch. Caught in Norway, 1,708 pounds and 9 ounces. Uh, hammerhead shark, 991 pounds, caught in Sarasota, Florida. That's a 1,000-pound hammerhead. That is crazy. You'd hope to never see one of those. Uh, lake salmon, 100. Uh, let's see, 18 pounds, 4 ounces. Sturgeon, 168 pounds, caught in Georgian Bay, Ontario, Canada. Lake trout, 72 pounds, uh, caught in the Northwest Territories on Great Bear Lake. Largemouth bass, Montgomery Lake, Georgia. 22 pounds, 4 ounces for a largemouth bass. That is crazy. A Mexican barracuda, 21 pounds off of Phantom Island, Costa Rica. Uh, let's see here. What else would you be familiar with? Of course, the Pacific sailfish, 221 pounds, Santa Cruz Island, Ecuador. The pink salmon, 13 pounds, 1 ounce in St. Mary's River, Ontario. Rainbow runner, 37 pounds, 9 ounces. I've never seen one anywhere not even a quarter of that size, Clarion Island, Mexico. Rainbow Trout, 42 pounds, 2 ounces, Bell Island, Alaska. Red Snapper, really tasty, 50 pounds, 4 ounces in the Gulf of Mexico, Louisiana. So right off the coast there of Louisiana. Rock Bass, 3 pounds, York River, Ontario. The Shortfin Mako Shark, 1,115 pounds in the Black River, Mauritius. In a river, a Mako Shark caught. That's very scary. Skipjack tuna, 45 pounds, 4 ounces in Flathead Bank, Mexico. Let's see here. Sockeye salmon, 15 pounds, 3 ounces in the Kenai River, Alaska. Also a couple different ones there. Southern flounder, 20 pounds, 9 ounces, caught in Nassau Sound, Florida. And uh, the tilapia, the biggest tilapia. How big do you think it's been? 6 pounds, 5 ounces, Lake Arsenal, Costa Rica. And finally, the Wahoo, 158 pounds. I can imagine my friend Ed going crazy if he could catch something even close that big. A Wahoo at 158 pounds, 8 ounces, caught in Baja, Cali Baja, California, Mexico, right between there. So, very interesting. Some of the largest fish out there. So, not all fish stories are lies necessarily, but uh, people do tend to exaggerate because you can't always verify uh, what's happening with the fish stories, especially before they would take cameras. Now, you know, there are two kinds of lies, speaking of fish stories. Hopefully you're not guilty of either of these. One is a lie of commission, which is you swearing to tell the truth, but you don't. The other is a lie of omission, and that is where you don't tell the truth. You leave something out. Here are seven different kinds of lies that people tell, according to Vanguard, which is a website on news and sports and politics. Seven types of lies people tell, according to this article from April 25th, 
white lies. Now, I don't necessarily ascribe to this philosophy, but it's an interesting article. White lies, example, showing appreciation for an undesirable gift, for example. The bold-faced lie, these are common with children, but when an adult does it, it's just plain annoying. Bold-faced lie, the liar says something everyone knows is false, but stands by it as the truth. Exaggerated lies, of course, these are like the fish stories. Deceptive lies. Deceptive lies, one where the deceiver creates false impression with truth, either by not telling all the facts or recounting the facts in a misleading way. Compulsive lies. These lies are either caused by low self-esteem or the need for attention. Compulsive liars tell lies even when telling the truth will be easier or better. What matters most to them is the attention the lie will give them. Let's see here. And then finally, duplicitous lies. These lies are typical of people who break spoken promises and commitments. Duplicitous liars typically hide their true feelings and intentions behind false actions and words. These liars cause great damage to others. Duplicitous liars. Those are the seven kinds of lies. I guess I kind of agree with that list. But, you know, uh, not bearing false witness, not lying, is one of the Ten Commandments. It's actually one of the things that the Bible tells us we are not to do. And God established the Ten Commandments as the foundation for uh, all of our law in the United States is based roughly on those Ten Commandments. It's, it's part of our heritage. And not lying is one of the things that helps hold our society together. We need to know who we can trust. We need to know that we can rely on what one person says. You know how some people say, oh, my word is my bond, or on my honor, or my word. You know, you want to make sure, as the Bible says, your yea is yea and your nay is nay. So your yes is yes, your no is no. It says in the Psalms that a man of integrity swears to his own hurt and changes not. It's someone that sticks to what they promised. Even if the situation changes and it's going to cost them more than they thought, they stick to their own promise. And you want to be a person of integrity. You want to be a person that's obedient to God's word in this area of honesty. You don't want to be a liar. It should be something that's far from the Christian's life, lying and deceitfulness. Now, uh, this weekend, I invite you to attend Harvest Baptist Church. If you don't have another church home to go to, I have the privilege of preaching Sunday morning. We'll be in the gym, the Family Life Center, at 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning here at Harvest Baptist Church. So I'd love to have you come join us if you don't have a church home. If you have a church home where they open God's Word and they preach it and they encourage you to read it for yourself, and you can verify what they're saying by opening the Bible and reading it for yourself, and that's what they're preaching, God's Word, then be faithful to that assembly of disciples. Be there with those believers. Don't go just to be blessed, but also go to be a blessing to others because it's very important to be at church this Sunday. You know, there's very few things that should get in the way with that. Maybe illness, maybe sometimes work, but recreation should not get in the way of that. Um, uh, Laziness should not get in the way of that. Now, tiredness, if you need to rest, I understand that, but really it's very important to be with God's people, worshiping together on Sundays as oft as you can. Sometimes it's impossible, but really want to encourage you to be at church this Sunday morning. I think it's very important, and uh, Harvest Baptist Church is open to anyone in the community. We'd love to have you visit us if you don't have a church home. 9.30 a.m. is our Adult Bible Fellowships. 
10.30 a.m. is our morning worship service. We'll be over in the gym, the Family Life Center. And then Sunday night, 6 p.m., Family Bible Hour. We're going to be having some testimonies from some of our summer ministry team, some college students, and uh, we're going to be talking about camp and things like that. So encourage you to come check us out. Check us out on the web, khmg.org. You can download all the podcasts, listen to the live stream here. You can listen to the live stream of the church service as well. We also are on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Follow us, leave us a comment, send us a personal message. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Jared Baldwin, the host of Live Till 5. This was episode 221. If you're listening to the live broadcast, it's Friday, June 23rd. As we wrap it up, you can catch us on the rebound noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. Download the podcast, khmg.org. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.